shadowing is hard, but what lengths should you go to to get it? That's the question we have today here on the old pre-meds podcast, session number 271. You're a non-traditional student entering the medical field on your terms. You may have had some hiccups along the way, but now you're ready to change course and go back and serve others as a physician. This podcast is here to help answer your questions and help educate you on your non-traditional journey to becoming a physician. Welcome to the old pre-meds podcast. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, your host here every week where I take your questions and answer them here on the podcast. Your questions come specifically from the non-traditional pre-med discussion over at premedforums.com. If you want to have a question answered here on the podcast, you should go over there and ask. Our question today is from a student who is wondering about moving to another city to get shadowing. The student says, I'm a 34-year-old dad with four kids, 12, 10, 8, and 3, at home and a super supportive full-time working wife. We're low income, but we have an incredible support community and a milieu of good attitudes and great work ethic. Yay. I put together a do-it-yourself pre-med course track at my local community college to achieve the competencies I need to enter and thrive in medical school. However, this means shadowing is technically not possible for me. Quote, Regarding shadowing, in accordance with the guidelines put forward by the College of Physicians and Surgeons of BC, the MD undergraduate program discourages individuals not enrolled as students of health professions regulated by the Health Professions Act or Emergency Health Services Act from participating in physician shadowing. What should I do? Will it suffice to, quote, hang out with doctors? There are several in my close circle of friends and volunteer in my local hospital as regular as a regular layperson. As a former pastor, I have good experience interacting with people in crisis or shadowing so important that I should make the sacrifices needed to get it done, i.e. move my family to another city and reconnect with another school or more specifically an official pre-med program. Leaving my supportive community and my wife's income will invariably impact the almost utopian conditions that that are certainly helping me achieve high marks But we know it was impossible to stay put when we started this journey. We just didn't anticipate it. It would be so early. A penny for your thoughts. So here is an interesting question. There's something about this question that that makes me wonder if this is someone, if this is someone in, I don't know. If this is someone in British Columbia, right, BC, because they said the College of Physicians and Surgeons of BC, so British Columbia, or is this Baltimore County? Um, They do have a link here, and it is a Canadian link. And so I will preface everything that I say with Canada is different. Canada, it's not expected that you shadow. It's not. In Canada, shadowing is illegal in some in some provinces. So you don't need to shadow, which is a good thing. Now, the challenge comes from if you're applying to schools in the States and they want shadowing, what are you going to do? The student said it himself. The student has physicians who are close 
friends, in the friend circle. It depends on where those physicians work. If they work in a big medical center, that's going to be hard for them to kind of, quote unquote, sneak you in and get that experience, then that may be hard. If they work out in the community at a private practice or something like that, then it may be easier. Just because job shadowing and this College of Physicians and Surgeons of British Columbia, this practice standard, says that job shadowing shouldn't happen doesn't mean that it can't happen, right? Again, there there are some rules and some regulations, and it is, I think, illegal uh, in, in a province or two or whatever that is. Don't quote me. I'm not in Canada. I just <laughs> talked to some Canadian friends who talk about that. If it is the rule that it's illegal, then maybe you shouldn't do it. But if it's not illegal and it's just frowned upon, then why not? Go get that experience if you can. Should you move? I don't think so. Again, I think in Canada, it is kind of expected that shadowing is going to be less offered, less common for students to achieve. I always question, though, why that is, right? Why is shadowing less important in Canada and more important in the U.S.? Right? Why do we have more barriers and hoops to jump through here in the US than they do in Canada. And my gut tells me that it's because as a physician in Canada, you don't have all of the same headaches that you do here in the States, which we wanna make doubly sure that if you wanna work as a physician here in the States, that you understand the nightmare of the insurance company that we have, and that you are okay dealing with insurance companies for half of your day. In Canada, I'm sure there's arguments over some things, but you don't have for-profit insurance companies in the middle of everything. So that's a, probably, potentially, a part of the reason. But at the end of the day, for you in Canada, shadowing is not that important that you should move your family. It's not worth it. It sounds like you have a great thing, a great situation, where things are working, you have a great support community, you have a supportive wife whose income is supporting the family, stay there. And if you need to travel, right, here's, here's the big asterisk. If you need or want to travel for a weekend to go to an emergency department where potentially you know an ER physician who you can shadow, then you travel for a weekend. You don't need to move for that. Shadowing isn't something that you should move for. You can travel, go away for a, for a weekend or whatever that looks like, get some shadowing experience, and you'll be okay. All right, things aren't that drastic that we need to pick up and move the whole family. Let's, let's, not, let's not cause chaos, all right? Hopefully that was helpful, and hopefully you figured out Again, the Canadian system, just a tiny bit different from the U.S. system. Shadowing is one of those things because of the different rules and regulations in the different provinces. So where you are in British Columbia, maybe in another province, uh, you'll be able to do it if you can travel to it, depending on where you're located. It just depends. So again, hopefully that was helpful. Again, don't forget to go check out blueprintprep.com slash MCAT 
for your MCAT needs. If you haven't checked them out yet, go do so. They are the amazing sponsor of our MCAT Minute, which let me talk about for a second, right? The MCAT Minute, if you are taking the MCAT and you decide you, you, you want to take it in March or April, the time where we say you should take it and you're planning and preparing and life happens and your study schedule gets all thrown out of whack and you're like, okay, I need to move my test back to June. Is that going to hurt me? The answer is no, as long as you can continue to work on your primary application and get that turned in as soon as possible. Pushing your MCAT back will help you do better on the MCAT, which will help you through the application cycle. A later MCAT received, an MCAT score kind of finalized, will be okay as long as you still get your primary application in on time because of rolling admissions. Hope that's helpful. If you are looking for some amazing MCAT resources, some free MCAT resources, go check out the MCAT podcast that I do with Blueprint MCAT, as well as their free study planner, their free half-length diagnostic, and their free full-length one that you can get by signing up for a free account over at blueprintprep.com slash MCAT. Hope you have a great week. We'll see you next time here on the Old Premeds Podcast. This is MedEd Media.